You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Good morning, Ethan. Hello. How you doing? I'm well. I'm really well. Me too. Because as of this recording, the weather is warm. It is lovely outside. The smell of spring is in the air. Yeah. The very smell of it. It feels amazing. Yeah, that like subtle floral scent and like the feeling of the yeah. warm breeze. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Praise God. True. The world is charged with the grandeur of God. There you go. That's right. Going to bring out the Gerard Manley Hopkins yes, right here. Yes, you do. Just going <laughs> to do that because, you know, that's what we do. It does feel. It is. This is, I think, the second day in a row I've gone comfortably without a jacket. And yeah. I, like, I felt like this. it wasn't a bad move. <laughs> no, it was not. Oh. It was a good move. Yeah. My mood just dramatically improves when the same, weather warms up. Same. Which is like, I'm not necessarily accustomed to. I'm all for the autumn, but mm. um, this has been nice. I'm yeah. very thrilled. Something about just coming out of the winter. Just Yeah, maybe that's just so it. So good. It's so good. Those really frigid days late in the, quote unquote, late in the year. That was too much for me. Oh, yeah. And you get out there and it hurts to breathe. It hurts. Like, you can feel your nose turning oh. into ice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Well, to be truthful, and it's gross, it's the <laughs> nose hairs. Well, yes. Become, is... Becoming miniature icicles <laughs> that... in your nose. Yeah, that is exactly A right. stalactite <laughs> lined nostril. It's, um... <laughs> That's how it is. I actually remember in college one time, it was it was like very blustery, moisture in the air, I suppose. I don't really remember if it was snowing or not, but it was so frigid. And I would I got into the art department and like there was like crystallized snow on my on my mustache <laughs> and like on my eyebrows. It was out it was outrageous, man. It's like this is no time to be outside. What is that world where the Jotunheim live in the uh, um, MCU? Jotunheim, probably. It's literally just Jotunheim. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Just live on the ice planet, you know? Good golly. Well, that's funny. Uh, the eyebrow. I'm just picturing that very cartoonish, too, by the way. Like, well, it looked nothing realistic fairly cartoonish. <laughs> I didn't know that there was possible until that moment, actually. I thought this was a cartoon. Didn't know I lived off the Great Lakes in Michigan or something. Exactly. Good golly. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad the weather's warming up. It's very, so true. very nice. So... On completely unrelated matters, maybe not completely unrelated. Who could say? I'm praying for warm weather, I guess, so that's a segue. Oh, okay. I love you. I mean, that's just, I feel like that's just a generic supplication I make. Oh. Like very, you know, like, oh God, please let the weather be nice or, you know, fitting for the occasion or whatever. Like, man, there's so much. I have a strange relationship with weather in oh, general. Okay. Like, there's something about weather. Wow, here I am talking about me and completely unrelated to the podcast, and we're really going on the banter today, but most of, like, you know, I write poems on the side just for fun. It's just a hobby. An inordinate proportion of my poems are about weather. (laughs) Really? Like, I realized this recently going through an old poem notebook. I was like, why am I obsessed with the weather? Like, just, like, just strange meteorological phenomenon. I'm just, I just, I really harp on that for some well, reason. I do think, and you've mentioned this recently, even before we started recording, how how much of an influence it has on your... It on does. Your, like, I mean, for, for good or ill, it really does have a huge toll sometimes, or uh, boon yeah. to how you feel. It does. I don't know why. God Me neither. It's strange that. how he does that, so... Thanks, God. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for my suffering and my joy. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Well, speaking of prayer, you all know what you actually came here for. It was in the title. <laughs> yeah, welcome. <laughs> we didn't come for just for your banter. No, we have uh, we have recently done series 
on the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. which, uh, as one theologian has said, you might call the law of laws. Uh, We've also recently done a series on the Apostles' Creed, which you could say is the Creed of Creeds. Certainly, yeah. So what better to do next than the Lord's Prayer, Ah. which is the prayer of prayers. Yes. How many of you were expecting me to say the Song of Solomon, which is the Song of Songs? Anybody, (laughs) was anybody expecting that? That, Probably not. That's the After Dark podcast. Requires this a subscription is, service. Yeah, I was going to say, this is where we go, and this is Horizons Resources Premium, where you have to exactly. sign up and pay extra money for the Song of Solomon <laughs> apparently, series. Apparently, you have to prove that you're married as well. <laughs> yeah, this is You like... have to submit a copy of your marriage certificate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, and this is the podcast where Ethan doesn't come on. <laughs> I've got nothing to offer you. <laughs> oh. No, so... We're going to do a series on the Lord's Prayer, and just in the way of introducing this series and introducing this topic, I do think that prayer is probably the most difficult and mysterious of all the spiritual disciplines. And I don't think that's just personal experience talking. I mean, you know, you've got new books that are being written on prayer seemingly all the time. Yeah. If you read theologians across church history, you'll discover they had difficulty with prayer. I mean, you think about like Augustine's Confessions, right in the opening there, he has this kind of long section where he's trying to figure out, how am I to commune with you? Like, do do I commune with you because you call me or do I call on you? And then you like, he has all this. This is literally Poe Dameron. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Do, do you talk first? Do I, do I talk I... first? Yeah, what's going on here? So you have that. And I mean, even Jesus' own disciples yeah. had to ask Jesus to teach them. To pray. So do you think it is because it's such a broad component to our beliefs? Like, I, f- I feel like fasting, for instance, we recently sure. talked about that. It has a, a limited, relatively specific use. It feels very defined. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less mysterious to me. Like, but we pray for all manner of reasons and in so many voices, like yeah. desperation, contemplation, frustration. and All the Asians. Many other words that I <laughs> can't think of that say Asian. <laughs> But it's just so it's it's more organic and it's it's wide ranging. It's a, it's a blank canvas in many ways. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a great insight, and I do think that is part of why it does feel so difficult or hard to pin down because yeah. it is so open and so um, there's so much to it. It seems so. It is, I think, hard to enter into. And then on the flip side of that, I think it's very interesting that. All manner of people have compulsions to pray. Yeah. Like, that's not a uniquely Christian thing. Right. I mean, folks who aren't Christians feel compulsions to pray that find expression when they try to, you know, they just try to speak with a transcendent being. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, they try to do that. Or I think you get this when people are talking about, like, communicating with the dead. Like, that's, I think that's a compulsion to pray. Mm-hmm. Like, to, to reach out into something that yeah, is... Yeah, beyond us. Yeah. I think on the kind of, like, pop psychology current cultural level, you you have people who talk about like sending out energy mm-hmm. into the universe. I think that's just a misdirected, albeit expression of this desire to pray, right? Yeah. There's just this desire to reach out to something beyond us. Mm-hmm. So that seems to be encoded in our souls. I just think the problem is that, you know, in addition to the blank canvas that seems to be prayer, right? And all these different modes and voices. We also, I think, don't always have a precise picture of how to act on those desires and maybe who we're praying to. Just a lot going on there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think that's true because even from like the perspective of growing up in the faith, mm-hmm. I, I often feel like there's not really a metric yeah. for anything. Is this prayer good enough? Is it doing anything practical? Is it affecting change at all? Right. I, I have a little doubt that he always hears, but sure. am I just investing 
in the cosmic relationship bank by having this sometimes seemingly one-sided conversation. Mm-hmm. Is it just like, it's just for my benefit. It's not, <laughs> not really doing anything for what I'm praying for, but, um, you know, just the outstretched dialogue being an end to itself. Or will you intervene, God? Is that, yeah. is that in the cards? I mean, it's happened before. You've listened to wild requests. We see right. that in the Bible. You were yeah. like willing to alter the, the path for a small request. You're like, what? Yeah. So it's, it's possible. He does listen. He does care, but it's also not like I'll ever know for sure if it was my prayer that moved the needle. Yeah. Like all of these questions, just trying to affix some sort of metric to gauge the practice. Yeah. And I think that's even true. I mean, we don't want to get too far off on this tangent here, but I mean, that is just illustrative of the Christian life in general too, because there is so much involved in walking by faith that it's hard to tell, like, is this working? Like, is this, (laughs) am I like doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this what God wants from me? Another example is like evangelism or preaching. Like, okay, is what I'm saying actually doing anything? Like, what is going on here? And I do think we feel that to the umpteenth degree in prayer because we definitely don't always have that metric. Yeah. So yeah, we're fogging what the exact nature of prayer is. And as I, I think I briefly alluded to a moment ago, perhaps more importantly, we don't have a clear picture of who we're praying to sometimes. I'm often surprised at how many people will come and sit in my office and we'll be talking about prayer And it becomes kind of clear that they're, you know, maybe they grew up in the church even, Mm -hmm. and they're still kind of foggy on who they're praying to. And it's interesting, I just finished reading a book a while back written by a guy in the 16th century, so older, but a book called Communion with God, where he wrote, I mean, it was a long book, distinguishing the different ways we interact with the different persons of the Godhead. Really? Yeah, it's like, here's how we commune specifically with the Father. Here's how we commune specifically with the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I think he wrote that because he's like, people don't understand always, like they're kind of foggy on what it means. Yeah, I get that. I felt that tension, you know, like I'm praying to God and it's like, well, what do I mean when I'm praying to God? You know what I mean? Like, who am I supposed to be addressing and like, what's going on and and what part of his nature am I tapping into here? So it's really necessary to try and clarify that. All that is to say is you have all these different things that make prayer, I think, difficult. Mm-hmm. I think I want to just get that out on the table and acknowledge that. Like, sure. Christians should not feel self-conscious about the fact that like, man, I still don't have this thing down. You know what I mean? Like, I still feel that difficulty. And um, the novelist Flannery O'Connor, and if you've ever read her work, she's wonderful. She summed up, I think, the universal frustration with prayer in one of her journal entries when she wrote, can't anyone teach me how to pray? I mean, just like, that's so like, okay, yeah. Like, I love everything about the way she phrased that. Yeah. <laughs> you it's know great. what I mean? Like she, it's like, I want to pray, but I need help. And yet no one seems to be able to mm, do that. There's just a perfect frustration. Yes. There. Yes. So all that is to say is that it is apparently something that must be learned too. And that lesson is not easy as it turns out. So thankfully, Jesus didn't leave us without help. He did answer the disciples' request, you know. He wasn't like, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. And he was like, like, have you been with me so long and you don't know how to pray yet? Like, of course. come on. Apparently, John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray, too, because uh, that's really? something they mentioned. They're like, yeah, John the Baptist taught his disciples to pray. Um, what do you know? Yeah, so that's apparently not uncommon. And when Jesus answered that request, what he did was he gave mm. the Lord's Prayer, is what we now call it. Um, yeah. But he, he taught them that prayer. He said, pray then like this. So this prayer encapsulates everything that is crucial to prayer, and it wraps up a great deal of the gospel in itself as well. Like you really get, I mean, of course it's Jesus, so I guess that's not surprising, but like how much he fit into this really, 
I mean, short prayer. It is, yeah. It's not long. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we get in the, you know, have to have arms uplifted, outstretched (laughs) to heaven, you know, on our knees, and we have to have this soliloquy. Like, that's what our prayer should be like. Yeah. Yet when Jesus is giving the model prayer, it's seven petitions that are very short. Like, a child can memorize them short. So I find that very interesting and encouraging, right? True, that it's true. like, well, I'm not having to come up with soliloquies here, you know, or, yeah. or orations. There's not there's not stanzas involved. Right, yes, you know exactly, I mean? exactly. So, as I just alluded to, depending on how you look at this prayer, so now let's just lay out the groundwork of the prayer itself. It can be broken down into seven basic petitions. That's roughly the, the scope of it. And roughly speaking, they divide into two, uh, quote-unquote, tables, much like the Ten Commandments. Uh, okay, okay. So you have the two tables of the law, which... In the Ten Commandments, you have the first half, roughly, that are dealing with your relationship to God. Mm-hmm. And then the other commandments are dealing with your relationships to other human beings. Yeah. Well, in the Lord's Prayer, the first three petitions deal with God and our relationship with Him. Uh-huh. And the next three deal with our needs and our relationships with one another. There's a pattern. I'm noticing a pattern. Yeah. It's really interesting because I was thinking about this yesterday as we were doing some of the prep work on this. You see that pattern a lot just in the Scripture. So you have like, I mean, just as an example, another one, the whole book of Ephesians, the first three chapters of Ephesians, all really dealing with God and our relationship to him and like what he has done for us. Everything is in the indicative mood, like God has done this for you and now therefore you are this and God has done this and therefore you are this. And then the second half of the book of Ephesians is all about now therefore live like this because God has done this for you. So it is really interesting to see that pattern just kind of play out all throughout scripture and then even here in the Lord's Prayer. And then the final petition, it sort of just caps the whole thing off. It's kind of like the... Epilogue. The, yeah, the, yeah, the blessing. Um, and we'll get into this when we get to the final petition. But if you've ever gone to a Catholic Mass or you grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. it's funny because Protestants historically have prayed the last petition, which is, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay. Catholics do not pray that. Really? Yeah. So, um, so we'll, like, we'll get into this way more in depth. Okay, we'll do yeah, this. that's fair. So we will, but I will, I will basically answer the question. It has to do with your textual traditions. So the original texts that you translate. Oh. It has to do with those traditions. It's not a make or break thing. It just depends on which ones you're yeah. going back to. That's interesting. So my brother-in-law went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. The little anecdote no one asked for, but we're, here we are eating up podcast time with it. But he he graduated high school, Notre Dame, went to a baccalaureate service. And of course, you know, they said the Lord's Prayer. Like, and now we will pray as our Lord taught us to pray. And we start saying it. And you know, I'm thinking like, mm. here's the one part of the mass I can say. Oh, yeah. Know you know, part. With, conf- with confidence mm. and gusto. The thine is the kingdom. Yeah. And we, we get to the end of it, you know, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I just go, for thine, everyone else's. <laughs> Like, oh, oh the token, no. the, there's a Protestant in our midst, boys, you know, like, you can just sense oh, it. Oh, utter exposure. Yes, so. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, all that aside, so what we want to do in this series is take a look at each petition and see how it both informs our prayers and how we ought to pray it. Because obviously the Lord's Prayer is meant to be prayed, right? You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> well, you, you know. say that. <laughs> do you make that distinction to say like as opposed to it simply being a meditation or or perceived as some sort of spiritual incantation to God? Well, yes, and. Yes, but. On the one hand, maybe it would be helpful to look at it like this. On the one hand, we don't want the Lord's Prayer to be a merely rote device. I think that's kind of like what we're getting at here. Like, yeah. oh, it's just something we just we just say it. Exactly. It becomes yeah. like an autopilot sort of yes. tradition yeah. rather than an engaging practice that you are reaching out. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you don't want it to be that on the one hand, yeah. right? 
And I do fear that that happens often. You know, you can just sure. repeat it without thinking about it, which is the danger to anything we, you know, by heart. Is the weird thing is like the more familiar you come with it. Yes, it just that's absolutely true. So yeah, so you don't you don't want that to happen on the one hand, but on the other hand, when it comes to reciting it, memorizing it, that can be helpful as we're learning how to pray effectively and faithfully. So when it comes to that, I liken it to learning a new language. Mm. Okay. Okay. So my daughter, for instance obviously could not speak a word when she was born, right? Mm. She came out of the womb, she can't speak a word. The only thing she could do to express need or desire was cry inarticulately, right? Like, that's all she could do. That was the only thing she knew to do was just, okay, if I scream or cry, they will know that something, like, I need something, or right. I need attention, or, and then we'll just, you know, go through the list until we figure out, you know, what it is that she needs to do. But... Over time, just by being immersed in our home and spending time with me and Morgan, she's picked up words. Mm -hmm. Like, she just picked up words one by one, basically. She just turned two recently. So, she's now at the point where we have never sat down and said, okay, Abigail, let us give you a language lesson on the English (laughs) language and teach you what these words mean. Right. She has just picked it up mm-hmm. by using the words and by hearing the words used. Yeah. And in that way, she's actually learned now, I mean, she can communicate with us in basically full sentences now. Uh, she can express her desires and she understands herself and what she wants. She understands how to express that to us. She understands what we're saying to her. Now, she couldn't parse a verb or diagram a sentence. You sure? I don't know. She seems pretty well, sharp. Well, I mean, you know, man, she's, she is sharp, you know, but... <laughs> But she has learned, again, to understand us. So she's learned to speak the language just by being immersed in it. I mean, just by using the words. Mm -hmm. And so let's take that a step further. I had a Hebrew professor who, as he was teaching us you know, the Hebrew alphabet and the rules of Hebrew grammar, he was also literally just teaching us to speak Hebrew. He was like, I'm going to read this passage to you in Hebrew, and I want you to say it and repeat it after me. So that way you can just learn to speak the language because, you know, we someone had like, well, why are we doing it like that, that seems kind of counterintuitive to how like we learned, you know, maybe like Spanish or French in high school. Sure. And he was like, well, that's the best way to learn a language because languages are meant to be spoken. Like they're meant to be, that's what you do with language. So that's how we're going to learn it. I mean, it's a good argument. Yeah. So that was how we were learning Hebrew. Do you have have any phrases you've kept? Vayoma Elohim Yahior, Vayahior. Amazing. That is uh, in the beginning. God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Ah, so um, I caught the Elohim, but that's yeah, a, that's about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so prayer, I think, is very similar. Like if you think about prayer, if we carry over this analogy as the language of heaven, hmm. to use that term. I think to start off with, most of us begin the Christian life feeling like all we can offer are inarticulate groans, right? Like we're just not sure how feels this works at all. Feels, yeah. yeah. So we're just like, Ugh, like I just got to offer something up, you know, like a baby, you know, I got to <laughs> exactly. cry. Yeah. But as we would learn a prayer like the Lord's prayer, even by heart, like by reciting it, we're simply picking up on the words and language of heaven. So the idea is not just to recite it for the sake of reciting it any more than like Abigail saying words and just reciting them just to recite them. She's learned those words so that she can use them. I I may be treading in weird territory by saying this, but using them creatively to articulate what she's trying to express and to speak to us. Mm -hmm. So like when I have people who like, maybe I'm talking through this and I'm wanting them to like learn the Lord's prayer. I'm wanting to learn it, not just so that they can memorize it and recite it rotely but so like you can basically learn i mean even jesus said pray then like this 
So he wasn't even necessarily saying, Repeat always pray this. these exact petitions. <laughs> He's saying, here's the model for a, a way to pray. Like right. you start with praying to your father and then you work through these basic petitions and you just kind of work them into the warp and woof of your prayers. Mm. And you learn how to do that by, I mean, like if you know that prayer by heart, you'll just find like, okay, I can make those movements yeah. without having to think about what should I pray for next? You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just kind of, it can become more natural. You understand the tool set. Yes, exactly. You understand the tool set. That is a great way of looking at it. So, you know, hopefully we learn how to pray fluently through learning a prayer like this. And I mean, at the end of the day, we have to start somewhere yeah. with prayer, right? So I think it can be, uh, it can be helpful and I mean, really, what better place to start than the Lord's Prayer? You got the prayer that, you know, he's like, pray like this. It is okay. a bit of a a peak, you might say. Yes, yes, a peak. Mm. The master class of prayer exactly. or something like that. Exactly. There we go. So that's what we want to do in this series. We're going to take a look at each petition in the Lord's Prayer and see how it shapes our prayers. And hopefully we will be more equipped. We'll be shamed and, by it. Yes, and we will feel more fluent in the language of prayer. So... Excited to dig into it. Yeah. Thank you, as always, for listening. We hope this introductory episode was helpful to you as we set the groundwork for this. If you have a question about the Lord's Prayer or prayer in general or any other topic for that matter, you can shoot us an email at podcast at horizonschurch.net. You can interact with us on social media. And if you did find this helpful and you want to share an honest five-star review, that'd be great. It would be great. We would receive that. We won't stop you. We will not stop you. And you want to share it with your friends, that that would be awesome. So whatever you do, thanks as always for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Mm